Okay, everybody, welcome to a, another podcast, <laughs> A Life is Sweet podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. I think this is the first one we've done since October. Oh, yeah. So uh, I quickly wanted to uh, sneak one in. Um, it's been a while, obviously, uh, because of the baby, because there's baby here that lives in our house now, mm-hmm. and uh, she uh, takes up a lot of uh, time and and energy and attention as well she should so we're not making podcasts not because uh there hasn't been one of these not because we don't enjoy them or we don't like doing them or we don't it's not because we don't like you guys (laughs) uh it's just because uh there's lots of baby stuff to do yeah and i think it was um probably october yeah, we didn't do one in November. As November was when her sleeping started to really go off the rails. That was when she came out of like nugget mode. She passed that three month mark and she attained personhood and sentience and uh, uh, made some decisions about <laughs> when she would be sleeping. Uh, they didn't really uh, work with being able to podcast <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Not really. The baby schedule is very unpredictable. But uh, we don't know how much time we're going to have now, actually. She's uh, right beside us on the couch. I just as saw an eye rub. <laughs> you might be able to hear her in the background again. She doesn't have her own mic yet. Uh, eventually she will. But uh, we're going to try to s- sneak in a short little update here uh, just on how things are going, what life is like living with a baby. Is life still sweet or not? And uh, we're also planning a uh, road trip to the southwest uh utah nevada arizona yeah the four states area i guess the you four corners four corners the grand circle the desert yeah high desert and i guess some of the, and low, the low desert and some of the low desert it's something that we were uh actually planning on doing we had booked campgrounds and hotels prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. then the pandemic hit and we blew thought, up the world well, and blew up we our, we uh, our desert sneak, trip. So we we're trying we were to still going to sneak down up. for that one because it was um, it was the first spring break, uh, sort of end of March, uh, right as yeah. the pandemic. So this was has kicking. been like three years in the making. Yeah, um, at that time we thought, well, if they didn't close the border, we were just going to be camping and it would be fine. Uh, and then a week before spring break, they closed the border and we uh, gave up the ghost for. So if we, if we get abducted by UFOs while we're down in the desert or um, arrested for skulking around to tr- trying to break into Area 51 or we join some sort of uh, crazed uh, desert commune while we're down there, this, uh, we, this is a, we want to do, to do one last life. John has an exaggerated idea of what you can accomplish with a baby strapped to your chest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what's happening here. I mean, it's all hypothetically possible. It doesn't, so. Those don't sound like stroller-friendly activities to me, personally, <laughs> but... It's hard to scale the uh, fence at Area 51 with a baby strapped to your chest, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, the front-facing carrier doesn't really lend itself to skulking. Uh, you've got a yelling baby strapped to the front of your body. Although she's usually pretty hypnotized. So I guess, uh, yeah, Liz is... She's six months next week. Six months Half a next year. week. Half a year. How's it been? Pros, uh, cons, would you do it again? Okay. Uh, I would say, overall, uh, the best six months of my life. I'd agree. Um, of course, there's some rough patches. What Sleep- has it done for your the relationship with your significant other? 
Uh-huh. Has it benefited it or harmed it or strengthened it or uh, uh, what? Put it all, put it all out, out there. The, the people it, can handle it. It's a combination. <laughs> I mean, I can. Ha- I mean, I can handle it. I think we've been here. We're stronger as a family, but we're also like, this is you know by far the longest the two of us have. Like, it's been many years since we were both off work and together for this long. Um, it has been. This is the longest stretch that we've ever spent in close proximity. Yeah. In the house, <laughs> we Folks, mentioned the size our of house our is house. Small. <laughs> we, this is a in your life is sweet bingo card. This is our house is small. Comment you can take that one off the box. Yeah, it's basically a well. Speaking of boxes, we live in a box. Yeah, and now there's a baby. It's and a very two cute cats. box, but yeah, it's it's small. Um, you can't hide. You can't hide from each other. Yeah. So I mean, there's a certain amount of like yeah jostling, I guess, for space and time. That's a good way of putting it. Um. But we, I mean, it's hard to find your rhythm, I guess, because the baby's schedule is always shifting. Um, but I think we're we're working it out and figuring it out. And uh, neither of us have smothered the other with a pillow. Uh, so I think that's a good sign. <laughs> I, it's a good sign, yeah. There's been, uh, there's been crying. There's been screaming. Not well, not just from the baby. That's granted. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, there's been uh, no one's like no one's walked out. No one's gone out for cigarettes and, and not come back. No. Uh, so that's pretty good. Oh, hi. I don't. I haven't. Uh, I don't think anyone's even considered it. No. It's generally quite like positive. Yeah. Uh, and and mostly fun. The only problem is like, I mean, it's the. It's the exhaustion factor. Yeah. And when the baby arrived the first th- few months, I think we got exhausted pretty quick, but the high, like the adrenaline and the novelty of having a baby around yeah, uh, kept us going. But like after getting on to six months, like the novelty and that adrenaline rush, that high, yeah. uh, sort of dull, plateaus a bit and well, you're just sort of left left with the grinding <laughs> exhaustion of uh of a child who is who sleep whose sleep schedule is very unpredictable yes yeah. i think i i've come back up um in in that regard i'm back in like the baby high sort of era um November, December were the toughest because uh, basically what happened was in November, hello, um, she was starting to sleep longer and longer. Like I, when I took her to go see my parents in November, this is a, this is like lead up to nap sounds going on here. That's what that sound is. And if, uh, if it becomes, if Liz gets too uh, squirmy, we're just going to, we're just going to cut it and leave it there and then pick back up. I think if Once she's she in my asleep, lap, so. that might be better. We'll um, see how this goes. In We're November, all... we kind of had like, um, obviously she's too little and she herself did not trick us, but I was lulled into believing that we were like about to break through to sleeping during the night. Um, yeah, leading up to kind of like her four month mark, um, or I guess her f- five month or no, sorry, her three month mark. 
was it? Oh, can I tell time? We don't, our brains don't work anymore. Uh, three months That's mark. another thing that happens. Um, yeah, she was starting to sleep like, you know, three hours, four hours. And then I took her to my parents around the time she was three months old. And uh, while I was there, she slept for like six hours at a time. Like she was hardly waking up at night. And I was like, hey, yeah, like, hell yeah, finally. You can say it, hell on this It's podcast. here. We've made it. We've made it through. And I came back home and I was like, oh, John, it's wonderful. Uh, she's just, she's sleeping. Don't worry, man. I've got the night shift uh, now. We're you in c- the clear. You can sleep. We can sleep like normal again. And then the first night after we came back, she, uh, I think she woke up like once an hour. <laughs> she just was like, ah, no. And, um, and then that was kind of, yeah, she the the era of sleeping more than more than two hours at a time was uh very over including naps naps had been two hours reliably at least uh then they went down to like 20 minutes if that um so even though she's always been like pretty cheerful and fun um she had a really big sleep regression uh, and a really long one. A long cranky period. Yeah. If she... you're a, a Wonder Weeks aficionado, I think that corresponds <laughs> to the fourth Something, leap. it's third Something or like fourth, that. whatever it is. We're not going strictly by the book, but if you're, if you're following that particular... Uh, baby system well that's, i think she was starting to uh yeah she she was starting to fight sleep um she was starting to also get like attached to us and recognize that you know we were specific people uh and that yeah she didn't want to be popped somewhere for a nap um i think she was yeah it's, it's they start to sort she of start doing what the old timers called making strange yeah so just part of that developmental period um all particular all normal normal stuff yeah um but just uh yeah and and she is um like i pump but she is fed breast milk which um they don't go as long between feedings either so um she is she has settled into sleeping better. Like she kind of reliably goes to bed between eight thirty and ten. Uh, ten would be pretty late. She's really been going to bed around eight thirty or nine now. Uh, but she has, in the last week or two, started shifting to waking up much earlier. Uh, so, like, yeah, it kind of shifted back to nine and then eight, and then this morning, uh, she and I were awake at seven. Um, so she is sleeping pretty well. She goes, she takes her naps. Um, they're like 40, 50 minutes. Every once in a while, uh, I get the unexpected gift of a nap over an hour. Um, but, uh, yeah, she still wants to feed at night. So we're starting solids. Um, but I'm, she is feeding every two hours at night. Yeah. That's that's the main thing. She's doing a lot of her feeding at night. And we handle our night shift in blocks. I, yeah. Like, I think we mentioned on the first post-baby podcast on the one in October. Yeah. Uh, I do the first night shift. Yeah. Going till around, you know, when the baby goes down till around like three or four in the morning. And then I wake Jill up and then we switch off. Yeah. And then uh, then I get to sleep. I think... Uh, and it's... We're still doing that. It's yeah. It's the same, same idea. 
So and we're I have literally it, I like, have I just nudge Jill and yeah. we shift positions on the bed so that <laughs> whoever's on duty is uh, right next to the bassinet, which but is think, right next to our bed. Um, yeah, we're, it works pretty well. We're, and we're at a bit of a turning point, too, because, um, well, she's coming up to six months. We're starting to try out food, but like eating solids is, is on the horizon here. But she's and, not pounding back any more from the bottle no. uh, at any at any given feeding than she ever has. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. She's not even like eating more than she did at three months, which is very, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is all like within the realm of uh, normal baby behavior. Oh yeah, uh, but, she's she's drinking her normal uh, amount. But anyway, so she she's at that six month mark. Um, and when we get back, like she's just, she's going to be too big for the bassinet. We have to shift uh, to the crib. Um, so we'll, we'll see what we do. We'll see where we're at when we get back and how it goes over the trip. I think I have an easier time of it as long as I go to bed. Like if I get to bed before 11, uh, it's not too bad. Um, cause I find for the most part, not all the time, but generally I'm able to sleep between her feeds. Um, whereas John is not, which is why he has a bit of a worse time of it, uh, than I do. Um, I'm able to kind of go in and out um more than he is it's uh it's my conditioning yeah but so. uh it it works generally yeah and i think we're both used to being a very very tired now yeah which is uh but it's fun though we're i think that's the that's the most important part. Yeah, she's very fun right now. I mean, she's. Um, what does she like to do right now? That she. Didn't oh man, back she is. A, she is a ball of fun right now. She is very fun. She's playful. She's very. She's getting very affectionate. Yes. Uh, loves to smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Loves her mommy and daddy. She likes to. She has favorite toys. She sits up. She's thinking about rolling over. Uh, not starting the crawling yet, but she's getting involved with other babies. She goes to a baby rhyme time at the local library yep. every week. And she's also uh, something that they call a Roots of Empathy teacher. Yeah, I think so we've talked about that before. Maybe we talked about that in October or not. I don't remember. But well, she uh, does just that once recap, a month. It's a then... once a month. She goes to a classroom, an elementary school class. Yeah. And uh, so the children can uh, watch her grow and develop and learn, uh, learn em- empathic, empathetic, learn to grow empathy. I don't know. How would you describe it? Well, we talk about like a different theme. Like we talked about sleep, but I also just tell them about like what she's learning and developing and, um, you know, try to make connections to the way that they're still learning um, as well. And uh, I think for them, just like remembering that everyone starts off as like a little bitty baby um, is important. That's a big, a big piece of empathy. Uh, so, yeah, it's and it's cute. We have also um, there's a free play group uh, at the community center as well that uh, we've been to once. We didn't go to it this week because we had Roots of Empathy. Um, but she really loves watching um, other babies and other kids run around and jump and it sets off those like mirror neurons. Um, yeah, it gets her thinking about after we go um, and she comes home, she usually has a big nap and then 
she wants to move, move, move for the rest of the day. Like she really wants to um, try things out. So I, I definitely noticed after the first baby rhyme time that I took her to, she started trying to to move more and like working harder on like sitting or tummy time and things like that than she had been. So it was a really, it was a really good motivator for her. Um, she doesn't... <laughs> She doesn't really care about connecting with the other babies yet. She's still little, and um, the other bigger. She's been the smallest. She's baby the smallest baby in these groups. Yeah. But, so all the babies are bigger than her and a little bit more uh, confident. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, say a little more confident, and maybe um, it's a, l- a little intimidating to be surrounded by these little people that are kind of like you but bigger. But they're sort of motoring around. Yeah, and they're squawking more. And sometimes they'll get in her face, like, not in a bad way, but, like, in a curious way, um, especially if the other babies have siblings. They're already used to being, like, all over other kids. Um, And so there was one day we were at the baby rhyme time, and her soother, her pacifier, has, like, um, is attached with a, a string of rainbow beads. And I guess several of the other babies have toys that are similar to that at home. And so it was just like we were being converged upon by crawling babies who like spotted her little rainbow beads and were like, oh, that's my toy. And she was just like looking around like, what's happening? Um, yeah, she's kind of squinching. I think she's she's getting sleepy. So she's kind of squinching against me here. Um, but uh, she doesn't mind them. But when they get close to her face then then we do some crying um she won't really she'll look at other people more now so when i've taken her out to visit uh in the last few weeks she's okay like if i have to run to the washroom she'll look at other people that's fine um she if she knows somebody if she's met them a few times she will let them um hold her if she can see me so like um, our friends that we go for coffee with or um, John's mom um, that's okay but if it's somebody that she doesn't really know then we're we're not so we're not so down with that hi I know are you sleepy you want to say what do you have to say yeah do you have to say I'm very sleepy mm-hmm. do you want to lay down So sleepy. Oops, sorry, I nudged the microphone. But um, no, she's I don't. She's a joy. She's just so she's just so full of love and and happiness and curiosity. Um, you can't help but have your mood boosted, and um, you know, try to mirror that back as as much as you can. Um, absolutely. Yeah, most days it's pretty easy. Uh, every once in a while, you know. I think there was one night I stayed up past midnight reading and then I was so tired the next day. Um, she was kind of squawking at me cause I was just so zombie. Uh, but you know, um, and she's, she's like, I don't know. She wants your attention and she's pretty vocal about it, but she's also like, if I'm doing stuff like, um, not yesterday, but the day before I had to like, fold laundry and organize all the socks and so i popped her on the bed so she could like lounge and watch me and she just chilled there for like i don't know like almost two hours um 
she just watched and you know would grab a sock and and like uh, inspect it um so if she kind of gets that you're doing stuff like if i put her in the chair and i'm doing you know kitchen stuff um and if she doesn't need something you know like feeding or something vital um she'll mostly just just chill and and um but if she knows that i'm not if she knows that I'm not doing something, like if I'm not doing something with my hands, she's like, ah, you have time to pay attention to me. And then she squawks at me even more. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I, I don't know, November, December were tougher. We were also all sick in December around Christmas. So that was pretty tough. We all had colds around Christmas and busy. Um, and, uh, so that was like low energy. It was really cold. Couldn't get outside. And like um, December was sort of the first month that I felt like I was like healed, I guess, from the surgery, like from the C-section, um, that I wasn't feeling like the stitches anymore. And I felt strong enough in my abdomen that I could like walk for a couple of blocks without getting painful or tired. Um, and then, you know, that was nice. Um, got out a little bit with the baby in the, the baby holder, did some walking. Um, and then we had a cold snap that kind of, we were a bit housebound there, but, um, yeah, she's really, um, she's really come through a bit of a leap, uh, the last few weeks. And she's really like just every day learning a new thing and, and, um, just, so much personality is starting to to come out um that uh i don't know you can't help but have a good time yeah exactly and she goes for walks she likes Mm -hmm. she likes walks in the baby carrier or the stroller uh we take her out i took her to uh my friend's place the other evening um she's fine with being involved in whatever you're doing and uh like we we wanted her to be get used to being involved in in our lives and yeah. and going out and doing the things that we do or staying in and watching us do the things that, that we do. Yeah. And that's involves, um, obviously like we're taking, we're taking her on this road trip to the desert, which is a long drive. It's like a 20 hour drive to get down there. And then we're going to be doing lots of driving and walking around, uh, when we're there. So like, uh, do you have, how do you feel about taking the baby on, uh, on a desert trip. I'm not going to lie, cons, people, qualms. I was... Um, it might be a bad idea. We don't know, but we're going to do it anyway. I had to be persuaded and persuade myself to do it, I and how did that? how did that process work? Um, I think at first we were originally talking about camping and just the thought of driving down and then camping... I just couldn't get my brain circuits fully on board with it, um, mostly just because... I think she'll be okay at camping, but I was like, if she isn't and we need to pull the plug, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, uh, logistically it felt very big and, um, and it is cold down there. It yeah. It is the desert, but it's, but it's cold. It can get down around yeah. below freezing. So if it so, was just us, maybe we'd brave it in a tent, but. But John, John buckled down and did um, a bunch of research and, and looked up um, like off-season hotel rates. So he was able to uh, game out um, a affordable non-camping uh, version of the road trip. And uh, I 
she kind of calmed down. Like she kind of went through a, a, a where she wasn't so good in the car for a little bit, um, but she's calmed down quite a bit. And she's also she stopped fighting sleep, um, and so I was able to, um, I was able to then talk myself into it. I guess um, you know, as a teacher, my holidays um, coincide with the high, you know, high season, uh, and it's going to do that. I mean, this is probably the only kid we'll have, and uh, this is kind of our one opportunity to travel the way that we used to before I was a teacher, um, you know, during the off season, and especially to the desert somewhere where going in July and August is not very nice. Uh, I wouldn't even consider it. No, no, it would not be um, our choice. Or like, you know, you're one week at spring break or in December during Christmas, which is also a high season. Um, So I just, I, I, yeah, I really talked to myself and being like, you know, if you don't do it, you're... I don't know, you're going to regret it uh, and feel like you kind of missed an opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we I uh, asked John and said, um, you know, if you do all the planning and game it out, I'll come along. Um, but I, I specifically requested to not have to do that legwork. So John has very graciously... Uh, done the booking and the planning and the research and all the all the work to make it happen and i'll be doing the legwork uh, on the trip as well because i expect i'll be uh, carrying the baby in the carrier on the hikes most of the t- most of the time as well which is something i'm looking forward to yeah um i mean yeah i think um we're not going to do anything super strenuous with the hikes they're no. the what they're going to be uh we're going to just do walks well and basically. quite a quite a lot of what's out there like um i know somebody uh just through twitter who lives down in the area and uh they were um saying and and some of the videos have shown too a, a lot of its pullouts and lookouts pullouts lookouts in places like arches the major uh points of interest aren't too far off the main road yeah so and they've uh things are pretty pretty developed yeah so like our we're going to with people are like this have a bit of like a rugged stroller i guess like it has nice big wheels it's pretty off-road so we'll see we're gonna do like the big five national parks in utah yeah moab grand canyon or vegas i'll just just go through i'll go through the list i'm going out of order so that you haven't have an idea of what our uh itinerary is and if you're following us uh, on Instagram or whatever, you kind of know where we are. Um, we're doing we're uh, we're doing Arches Canyon Canyonlands, Capitol Reef, Bryce Canyon, Zion, Las Vegas, with a day trip to Death Valley, then coming back east, uh, hitting Grand Canyon and Monument Valley uh, at least. That little bits at the end is kind of open ended in case we want to double back. And hit something that we uh, that we skipped over before, or if we want to continue on to uh, San- a place like Santa Fe or something like that, or Mesa Verde. There's so much to do. We'll. I'm anticipating that if this goes well, we'll want to go back again and oh, yeah. sort of fill in a lot of the blanks. There's so there's so much to do and see around there that uh, we're anticipating around between like a ten to fourteen day. Uh, yeah window where we'll be down there 
And that's not enough time to. Yeah, I do think it's everything. a good chance for us to scope it out. And then, you know, when she's bigger, you know, when she's able to do some, you know, scrambling and, and walking and climbing of her own, um, then we can go back down during things like Christmas, vacations, or, or spring breaks, or things like that. Um, but yeah, just to give us a sense of, of the area. Um, We'll see. The desert is notoriously a place, one of those places where people go once and then kind of get stuck. Yeah. And want to either stay or continue going back. Oh, she's falling asleep. She's kind of like New Orleans. Or... Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And, oh yeah. And reporting back. Yeah, I am too. Are you doing I... any preparatory yeah. reading? I am. Uh, I haven't been doing as much reading as I've been prepping. Um, like getting the cameras ready, getting, you know, thinking, gaming out the film that I'm going to use. Um, I guess I've been doing a lot of thinking just about like, um, around like memory, I guess, because, you know, the baby isn't going to remember it. Um, what can, you know, what can we do to document it as our first family trip? Um, I'm going to, if I get a chance I want to try and um, get some cyanotype uh, fabric made um, just because I, you know, in the past when we've traveled, I've you know picked up rocks or other things and like a little kid kindergartner have just like a bunch of stuff in my pockets and I want to stop doing that because I don't need to have bowls of random rocks uh, in the house. Um, so I thought actually this time I would take cyanotype fabric down I could make some sun prints um, and uh, and then I could make something like a, a blanket or a soft book or something um, that she could see that would have shapes and, and stuff like that on it. Um, you can also make prints of photographs. You just buy um, printable transparencies. You could take photographs that you've um, taken and uh, just if you digitize neg and make them negative and then print them, you can actually print your own uh, sun print on there. So, yeah, I just kind of had some um, – I've been thinking more along those lines. Uh, I'm probably going to – like, I know myself enough that um, – in the, like today and tomorrow and Saturday, I'll do some like last minute Googling um, because that's when I'll actually think about like, oh, you know, I'd like to do what do, 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 do. Like I was doing that last night, like, oh, bookstores in Moab or um, yeah, I think like John's kind of got it covered with knowing about the parks, knowing about a bunch of sites that he wants to see. I got a spreadsheet and a Google Doc yeah. that I've been adding to and I've been trying to control jill into uh, adding stuff to it as well it's hard to get a teacher who's on vacation to look at a spreadsheet i get it <laughs> nobody likes spreadsheets i do Google like Docs. them but they are a psycho then. nobody likes them but i want i use them because i'm forced to no <laughs> oh, i like a good spreadsheet i appreciate them for the purpose that they serve but <laughs> yeah. it's not you can't like them <laughs> It's just an information holder. Well, whatever. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I've started to do a little bit of of that sort of thing. Um, and just a uh, person we know down there um, gave us a few pointers. I might ask them more about uh, if there's any like food they specifically recommend. Um, I want specific food recommendations. Yeah, there's. I don't I mean, think if you're listening to this and you know of any, get get in touch. Yeah, um, you know, of course, I I it's 
the places we're going are going to be very touristy, but I'm I'm looking forward to just checking out. Um, Do you have your Instagrammable photo spots all planned out? No, like, I don't. No, not that. Like, um, not you that. Mean you're not gonna get your delicate arch at sunrise photo for your Instagram? I mean, I am often these days awake at sunrise, but I'm not usually uh, in the condition to hike up to something. I think our idea for this is like uh, we're not. <laughs> We're not planning uh, Instagram photos. No, I we mean... We'll be posting... We'll be taking photos and posting them on Instagram, but... Uh, that's not the main... That's not the point. Yeah, and I mean, I'm taking a bunch of cameras, but it's more just for... I'm a nerd, and, um, you know, I've got the... And ins- I'm going to be... I've got the Instax, and I've got some I'll be helping you films. pare down the number of cameras you're planning on. Oh, taking. no, that's... I've got them all packed. It's, we can't have, like... Uh, a suitcase full of cameras. I have a backpack full and it's fine, actually. Uh, that's what's that's what's happening. What are the cameras you're taking? All right. Well, uh, we have a digital uh, DSLR, Nikon that has... Keep it quick, dear. All right. Just run, just run through. Okay. It. Nikon it has the telephoto on it. Um, so that's the... Oh, okay. Uh, my old Canon SLR, uh, wide-angle lens... Um, Olympus Trip 35, I've got a roll black and white, the Olympus Trip RC, or the Olympus RC, um, point and shoot, I've got, um, a roll of psychedelic blues film, so like a, an effect film, um, your Olympus is just a standard SLR, we have the half frame camera that I bought you, um, so that's got a roll of Kodak Gold in it, uh, just to try it out, and I think that's it. And then, yeah, the Instax um, instant photo. And I've got a lot of film for that. Enough cameras? Too many? Not enough? I feel like it's just enough, actually. The perfect amount. Perfect amount of cameras. <laughs> um, pro- it, it, this is the most I've ever taken. Um, but I've also started to explore different types of film. It's a shame uh, you're going to have to leave year. the other 20 behind. I, I don't even have that many anymore. I have, I have pared it down. The rest of them are in storage. Waiting for the moment. Oh, well. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe seeing, um, you know, uh, things that people make like um, textiles, um, antiques, uh, bookstores, like just um, checking those kinds of things out that are a little bit different or unique to the area. Um, obviously... There's a lot of indigenous history down there, yeah, too. Yeah, that's that, big. Do you have any sites or specific? A lot of the things I would probably specifically like to see are tough to do with a baby. True. I think a lot of the ones that are like um, the, the Pueblos Canin, or... Canin um or Mesa Verde, um, they're really best seen when you're able to like climb up the ladders and, and go into them um, so that you know, what we see is going to probably be more like rock art or cliff buildings from a distance or what have you, um, that sort of thing. Um, but I am looking forward to, to seeing that and just to uh, experiencing different ecosystems. Um, I am looking forward to Death Valley for that reason. That is a very unique ecosystem. Very unique ecosystem. Yeah. Um, especially cause I, you know, I quite often will teach social studies, um, and specifically the curriculum around ecosystems and, um, different, 
different uh, types of environments. Um, or when I've taught science, uh, ecosystems is grade seven is uh, there's a lot about like um, ecosystems and and uh, different zones um so it's really fun to have photos or be able to tell kids uh firsthand about about those things and um i haven't done enough googling about this but i think this year has been relatively wet down there there's been a lot of snow um so i think there's like a higher chance for um more desert flowers yeah um so i'm looking forward to that um and again that's partly why i'm bringing so many cameras uh lots of options for for that and um especially analog photos i just um i've been trying to keep up on printing uh printing digital photos from from my phone but uh you know i just want to make sure i have those those hard copy photos uh to put in a photo book for for liz to look at later on yeah absolutely okay i think we're uh I think we're winding we've, down. We've we're entered the nap, more quietly the nap zone. Yeah, the nap zone. We're in is, the zone. Is here, and we're coming up to around 38, 39 minutes. So we're, we're, we'll probably cap it, mm-hmm. it here. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. I like when to do. We're back. I just want to say I like to do a little bit of prep reading for places that we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading. Uh, Desert Oracle, yeah. Volume One by Ken Lane, mm-hmm. and Desert Solitaire by yeah. Edward Abbey. Those are probably like the two biggest ones that I've read both of those. Get. Jill's already read them, and they're I would say so far I haven't finished either of them, but I'm farther into Desert Oracle than than Desert Solitaire. Both of them are spectacular, and they're both uh, both Ken Lane and Edward Abbey are a very specific and identifiable identifiable type of desert crank. Yeah, that. Uh, you you know the vibe when you read it um very very fun to read but uh very you know sort of like grizzled uh, yeah i um i did finish reading a um book of poetry by alice notley who is from arizona um and called culture of one that's set in a a desert town um but i also um i i got a book from the library by halder laxness the icelandic um writer who you would not expect uh to have a desert theme but um the one of the books that i got is a lot of uh, iceland is desert a, it's about an Ice, like it's trip, about an icelander who goes to reading, seek his fortune in utah oh interesting um so. and we got into Hal all their last laxness before we went to yeah. Iceland. Yeah. I've been reading uh, more of his books and, and into that He's right very now. good. Very good. High, highly recommend. Yeah. Laxness. Um, uh, I'd say independent people, but I'm, I'm actually, uh, that's a book by his that I'm recommending. I'm trying not to bring too many books. Um, also knowing, uh, there are bookstores and places we will stop and I will almost certainly pick up, a few things while we are down there so i'm really just bringing like and two books maybe keep in mind we drive a hatchback yeah. and that's going to be full of yeah. baby stuff already so, so that's kind of my really bring, my job we shouldn't bring too much down no and we should try not to uh collect things to bring back no so that that's part of why i'm bringing so many cameras and the cyanotype stuff is that i don't like i just want to take photos and make these imprints rather than bringing back stuff um, I do like 
you know, if, I found, if I found a nice little way. weaving that was like cheap, I would get it. Um, but our house is very small. I simply just <laughs> don't have space for this stuff. Um, what, but, like, to be clear, what is a, what is a cyanotype? What are you Oh, a cyanotype about? is, um, I mean, it's a type of photograph, I guess, but it's blue. Um, and uh, you mix two chemicals together. Um, you have to do it in the dark or near dark. Uh, because the liquid, once you mix the two liquids together, they are sensitive to light. And um, so you can put it on paper, you can put it on fabric, whatever it is, and then it turns it into sort of like a like a photograph ready to be exposed. Um, so you mix chemicals, paint it on your thing, let it dry in the dark, and then um, put it away so that it's not exposed to light um, until you're ready to use it. And then, um, yeah, you can, uh, anything with like, you want things with like an interesting outline, I guess, uh, texture, things like that. You set them on top of your surface, uh, usually in the shade and then, or like, um, a photographic negative. Um, and then you put it in the sun, um, and the chemicals are activated by the sun. They start to expose, uh, you let it sit for a certain period of time and then you quickly um take it back into the shade knock the stuff off and rinse it in like water what um, is a kind of by stuff what do you mean by stuff um i mean i've done a lot of it with like plants so different types of leaves or flowers things that are interesting shapes um you could do it with different like rocks or or um you know if you found like uh, a little bone or um household like things that are interesting yeah, things that are interesting shapes. Um, you could again. And you're saying you're bringing this up as an alternative to uh, collecting these things and yes. bringing them home because yes. they are like a non. This is a non-destructive way of. Yeah, I'm not taking anything out of the parks. A, mo- a memento. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm. I'm not. Um, you know, not bringing home pockets full of rocks like I have done in the past. Um, and uh, so. <laughs> and I think it's also just something that um you're not scooping up like a a dead squirrel skeleton or I'm not going to lie if I find a cool skull in the desert I might bring it back. Um I'm not Fair. I'm not going to say that I won't do that uh because that would actually be something super useful to have as an art teacher. Uh skulls and and cool skeletons are are very fun to draw. We may or may not bring a skeleton back from the desert. That's what Jill is saying. Don't rat us out. I know if everyone who went down there brought a skeleton back, there'd be no skeletons left. But we know not everyone brings back a skeleton. Okay. There's plenty of skeletons left for everyone to enjoy. Well, there's always the new desert. skeletons being made. There's always new skeletons in the desert yeah. being made. The point is when you go visit the desert is that you don't become one of those skeletons. Yes, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Okay. I think... Uh, we veered into the absurd. Yeah, it's probably it's, a good time. baby is sleeping, so let's, uh, be let's re- wind it down. Let's be respectful here. We'll respect the baby's sleep time. And thanks for joining us for a little... Uh, life recap uh and just for uh the uh 
the TLDR for this episode, uh, Life with Baby, still sweet. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you again after we get back from the desert, and we'll let you know how many uh, skeletons Jill has uh, brought back with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.